Welcome to Siblings and Fandoms. I'm Noah. And this is Maddie. And in today's episode, we are being joined by a very special guest, Maria. Hello. Hi. And the reason that we have called you on here is because we have been told that you are somewhat of a fan of a movie called The Dark Crystal. That's right. And... We saw this movie a while ago now. We've been trying to schedule this for a bit. But also, something that makes it semi-relevant is a show about it came out this year. And yeah, we're just going to talk about the movie. Me and Maddie have not seen the show, but Maria can maybe share some spoiler-free thoughts on it. And yeah, just have a fun time. So, let's start with the sort of quick synopsis of the movie. Maybe if you want to give us that, Maria? Um, yeah, well, the film came out in 19, I believe, 81. It is called The Dark Crystal, and it was made by um, Jim Henson with the assistance and art direction of a guy named Brian Stroud. Stroud um, wrote the Dark Crystal. Okay. And it's this like alternate world called Thra. Mm -hmm. Called Thra where there are two races, the Strexi and No, there's more than two. There's just like there are five. There are five. Okay. They're like good they're like good good race and then the Bad, bad race. bad race. And then, um, they're connected somehow, so when one of the bad people die, one of the good people die, and when one of the good people die, one of the bad people die. So, yeah. Yeah, so the movie is, um, really kind of, um, a, a uh, fantasy, right, of... Yeah with a total world built uh, called Thra, and it is based loosely off of kind of the religious ideas of Taoism, which is a far eastern religion from um, originating, I believe, in China, Um, and in which the idea of balance, the concept of balance in the universe is extremely important. So Madeline, you are absolutely right. In the movie version, you have um, kind of a duality of two um, light and dark or good and evil races of beings that um, balance each other out or are forced to balance each other out through life and death. So when one of them, you know, they have to have this equal number in their species at all times. They each have to have the same number of individuals. Okay. And um, sort of outside of that, and then there's a third race of beings in the movie called Gelfling, which are kind of, which we as the audience tend to identify more with. And the Gelfling are sort of elf elf-like creatures that go on a spiritual journey to try to restore the balance in Thra. 
Uh, there's also a character that is a kind of space alien type of character in Thra, kind of also sort of half alien, half witch, called Agra, and she represents the energy of the planet Thra. Okay. And she, it, it's really her job to try to bring things back into balance. And, okay. uh, and in the film, what you really see is just a snapshot of this world at the moment where things are in crisis and the, um, the pod, the, uh, sorry, the Skeksis, which are what Madeline referred to as the evil species, um, have taken over and have basically destroyed the balance of the universe. And, um, yeah, go ahead, Noah. The, re- the reason it's called the Dark Crystal, and correct me if I'm wrong, is because there's this magical crystal which represented the balance mm-hmm. or something in the land, but a piece That's of right. it fell. Yes? And yeah, it got, well, it got broken. The Skeksis yeah. broke it. Yeah. The Skeksis broke it, took over, and then I believe the plot of the movie is going to find that piece and inserting it into the crystal so that balance can be restored. That's right. And so that's the movie. And unfortunately, and, and, you know, I think that Jim Henson and Brian Stroud always had an ambition or or always had the plan of making a sequel to the movie that would explain more about what is going on with this whole world building and fantasy um, project. But they sadly never were able to do that because Henson passed away. Was Brian Stroud involved in the series at all? Yes, so the series, which came out in 2019, but was in process of being made since 2017, it's called uh, The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, and it is set actually as a prequel before, in the time period before the breaking of the crystal, and before the um, Gelfling characters from the movie have their heroic journey so it's so it's really a way for it, the series really became a way for brian stroud and the remaining members of the henson family and other puppeteers to build this world for us and take more time and uh and more effort to really explain and show what is happening in thra okay and one of the most amazing things about both the series that it happened and the movie technically is that it's all puppets and that makes sense from jim henson of course is famous for the muppets and sesame street those things all of which are puppets but the fact that netflix was willing to throw millions of dollars at this series to make it and that it's been so well received, was so well made, is really cool. It's incredible. And after the series was over, I watched the making of film mm-hmm. that was made about the series being made, Age of Resistance. And they explained that they actually tried to make a version of the series with C- using CGI oh. and very and uh, they showed a little bit of what that looked like and uh, they very quickly realized that that was not going to work because right. the handmade and hand operated puppetry 
was so much so much more compelling to watch. It's such a distinctive on, on screen. And especially when you have the human like puppets, like the Gelfling's relatable medium, which is part of why things like Sesame Street have continued for so long. And also it's like the trademark. Like Dark Crystal without the puppets would lose half of the artistic appeal. Right. And that would be part of why people are coming to it, because they know the name Dark Crystal and associate it with that art style. I'm curious what you guys, before we get to talking too much about the series, I'm curious what you guys thought about the movie and whether you thought that, you know, viewing it with the eyes of kids in 2019, if it holds up for you. It definitely holds up for me personally. I had, it took me maybe like 10 minutes, 15 minutes to get invested in the puppets as like actual characters, but it was good. It's a good story with stunning visuals and everything. Maddie? What about you, Madeline? Yeah. Um, I think that it mostly held up, except for like some parts where like the background was the background was drawn on and you could like see that. But yeah. otherwise it was like really good. And yeah, what you said about the background, I was watching Muppet Christmas Carol last night while Maddie wasn't here and there was a part where it's either Scrooge or Bob Cratchit or someone turns to stare up at the sky and it is like drawn on there and I think like it's obvious that it's not part of the world being filmed or the puppetry but I think that's part of the charm of it part of the intent yeah I think that's I think technically that's true um one thing that I think is interesting about the dark crystal both in the movie and the series guys that I want to hear your perspective on is in that I personally don't find the characters in it to be Muppety or the puppets to be Muppety at all. I don't, in other words, I don't find them to be part of the same universe that the Muppets are part of. Yeah. What do you, what do you guys think about that? Yeah. It's a, the puppets are very distinct from the Muppets and it's a, more realistic feels like the wrong word, but it's a more... Less childish? Yeah. It's a more mature art style. Yeah, like anything can happen to these characters. Right, like, if you saw a Muppet, like, die on screen, you would mm-hmm. be shocked. But if you saw yeah. one of the Gelfings, or like, you see one of the Strixie die... Fairly yeah. violently, I think. Yeah. Pretty well, early they on. They die in different ways, but some of them in the series die very violently, yes. Right, and it's like, oh. But it's not like, oh, that guy just died. It's, oh, that was violent. Yeah. Like, the death yeah. is as much of a possibility as it is in any movie with actors on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just goes to show that one guy can have so many different, like, 
creativities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even in the same medium. Yes. That's right. It does show that. And it shows... I think another way of saying what you just said, Madeline, is that it shows that the medium of puppetry actually contains the entire, you know, spectrum of creative outcomes that you can have, you know. I think, um, just to go, so to go back maybe to the, to the series, um, you know, the series is an amazing project for a number of reasons. One, some of that we've already touched on, like the world building and the, the, um, the fact, the set building and the puppet building and the fact that they spent so much resources and time and effort and craftsmanship crafting these puppets. But also, it's amazing because of the depth that they go to, the depth of the story um, and the depth of the scene setting that they're able to accomplish with the series it shows you, you know, it basically gives you hours and hours of story to explain everything that's happening in the movie. So what I haven't done yet that I really want to do is to go back and watch the film after having now seen Mm -hmm. first the film, then the series. I want to go back and watch the film again. Yeah, and if we ever get around to watching the series, which from what I've heard is well worth the, like, ten hours. If we ever get around to that, I would like to, one, like, look into more of the fandom and culture surrounding this particular property, and also go back, look for the, like, hints that you may not have picked up on in the movie. Yeah. And I know, like... I follow some YouTube channels who reviewed The Dark Crystal. Has there been any word on, like, a second season or anything? The reception seemed incredible. Yeah, I think they are going to be hopefully doing a second season. I don't know if Brian Stroud is committed yet, to be honest. Okay. Um, So, and, of course, he's the only original cast, the only original crew member who's still working on it besides Frank Oz. Yeah. Um, The... But if you want, did you guys want to go into the world building and uh, characters of, of the series at all? Sure. Maybe more of the world building rather than characters, but okay. however much. Sure. So the um, so in both the film and the series, we have, we're given um, basically five different... Um, species or types of creature categories of creatures within the world that is called Thra. And Thra itself is treated as kind of a character in that it keeps being referred to as the world in which they live. It's possible, and this is actually hinted at more in the series, it's possible that there are other worlds besides Thra beyond the borders of Thra, but no creature within Thra has ever ventured beyond those borders. So, for all intents and purposes, it's a self-contained world, um, similar to a planet. But again, it could be smaller than the planet. We just don't know, because the characters themselves don't know. Um, So, the five creatures, types of creatures that we're given are um, Gelfling, which are the elf-like, sort of humanoid-ish, small creatures. They're Mm -hmm. small, but they're not, like, teeny-teeny. Um, and they tend to have 
a, they have a society and a language that most resembles ours. Right. Um, within Gelfling, there are definitely different tribes. Um, I believe there are five, either five or six tribes of Gelflings, and those are explained more in the series. Okay. Um, each tribe has a leader, and the leader is actually a female member of the tribe called a Madra. Okay. And that leader is also considered a war general. So, in times of war, the Madra is the leader of the... Continue. Um, in times of war, the Madra leads the tribe into battle. In times of peace, the Madra leads by governing. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, then um, there are regular Gelfling within the tribes that just sort of live their lives mm -hmm. and, like, have jobs. <laughs> um, or don't have jobs. They just, like, you know, do little art arts and crafts or something okay. to stay alive. But most of them do some type of job to, like, keep everybody in the tribe um, prosperous. So they'll have, like, you know, candle makers or whatever it is. Um, yeah. And then... Then there's a group of Gelfling that call themselves Paladins, who are the warrior class. And they are trained warriors. Um, they generally follow the orders. Not generally. They always follow the orders of the Madra. And the Madra could also send Paladins to the Skeksis um, Palace to guard the Skeksis. Um, that is a job that Paladins can do, but they don't all do that. So, are the Skeksis in the series already in place as the ruling class yes so by the time the series happens the skeksis um so we'll we'll talk about skeksis next the skeksis are the lordly class they are the um oh they're they're also like kind of the consider themselves to be the owners of everything and the gelfling treat them like lords um okay. there is this this has apparently not always been the case but by the time we get to the series, the Skeksis are definitely bossing everyone around. Um, they have a palace that they operate from, and they operate like plutocrats. So there's not there is an emperor, so he would be like the one at the top of the Skeksis hierarchy. Right. But beyond, like below the emperor, they're kind of all on the same level. So um, there's a lot of a lot of fighting, infighting for position among the Skeksis. They fight each other constantly. There is one, we learn in the series that there is one Skeksi who does not live in the palace, does not care about the emperor, and does not need to be in a higher position than anyone. Okay. Okay, thanks. Um, so that one is called the hunter, and he just goes out and hunts. That's what he does. The, uh, the Skeksis physically resemble vultures, and um, they have very ornate, incredible, beautiful, feathered, and um, bony exoskeletons that are their also serve as their costumes. Um, and so those are, like, really intricately um, designed and decorated on the show, and it's even better than in the film and totally a reason to watch. Okay. Um, and then the Skeksis are also very corrupt and venal, and they have no problem with, like, fighting and killing or doing anything that it takes to be in power. Okay. So, balancing against the Skeksis is, is a race of beings called the Mystics. 
and these were the ones that Madeline was referring to as the good the good beings from the movie, right? Right, and I believe they raised Frank Gaz's character? The main character? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, although, yeah, uh, the, the main mystic that we see in the series is actually played by Bill Hader, which is pretty okay. amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does a really good job. Um, mystics are big, slow, cre- extremely slow creatures. They look kind of like a cross between a dinosaur and like a sloth, maybe, mm-hmm. um, or a bear of some kind. Okay. They have tails. And they, um, they operate like kind of Buddhist monks. Like they just really are, they're very spiritual. They're very connected to Thra. They can communicate with Thra um, by doing this kind of deep throat singing. Um, and they are very removed from society. They do not communicate directly with Gelfling or Skeksis. Um, they're very aloof and they would like to be left alone, basically. Okay. And then we have uh, two more types of creatures, one called podlings, which are um, actually a very important category of creature in the series. The podlings are really important. Um, They are the servant class, and they are primitive. They're seen as primitive. They're small, kind of almost um, dwarf-like or like plant-like creatures. They're, they are considered to be the closest to Thra because of how low to the ground they are. Uh, nice. They live in like little holes in the ground, kind of little communities that are in little kind of like dens built into the ground. They're very innocent. Uh, they don't ever do mean things or bully anyone. They just exist and have parties and uh, take mud baths, basically. Nice. <laughs> um and they're kind of saintly in that way, and they're kind of animalistic. Okay. So they don't really have much of an organized society. They just sort of exist in these little communities. And sometimes the Gelfling have podling servants. Okay. The Skeksis, and... the Skeksis definitely have podling servants. And as we see in the film, by the time we get to the point where the crystal is broken, the Skeksis are actually using the podlings uh, to drain their essence and right. sometimes kill, kill them. Um, and then there's Thra. Thra is, oh, the, the last category of creature is a small dog-like creature called a Fizzgig. Okay. And then, wait, they don't explain much about Fizzgigs. And then um, there's a separate creature from all of these, and her name, she, there's only one of her. Her name is Agra. She has arrived from another world we don't know where. And she is in touch with other worlds beyond Thra. But she is the representative of Thra. She is sort of the manifestation of Thra. Oh. Okay. She speaks for for Thra. She's kind of the Lorax of Thra. Nice. Yeah. Um, And she is its guardian. And so if anything ever happens... So she doesn't really take much of an interest in the politics of Skeksis and Gelflings, right? But she... If anything happens to throw Thra out of balance, she is supposed to be the one to take action to correct it. And how large a role does she have in the series? Massive role. But her role is largely, actually, in the series, um, a big part of her role is that she fails. Hmm. She She has failed to prevent the crystal from being seized by the Skeksis. Right, so... Something on the time period 
of the series, and we should begin wrapping up in the next yeah, few sure. minutes. But something on the time period... Is it after the crystal's broken, and, like, the aftermath of that, or is it the events leading up to? Um, it's, it is the events leading up to, and then a little bit after the okay. breaking of the crystal. And the crystal is called the Crystal of Power, and it's, but the Skeksis believe that that means the, that if, if you hold the crystal, that you have power over everyone else. And, of course, that is not what Crystal of Power means. Of course not. Um, Crystal of Power means that it represents the power of Thra. It is the heart of Thra. Um, and so there's a lot of mysticism and sort of mythology around Thra that comes out in the series. Um, and actually the ones who are the guardians of that are the Gelfling and Agra. Um, so the Gelfling have a lot of like, the, the different tribes of Gelflings have a lot of different myths um, and believe different things about Thra. Uh, that you find out. So um, that leads them to take certain actions in the series. But the Madras, I think, are the most important contribution that the series makes because the Madras show you how how the Gelfling have chosen to organize their society um, with these female characters sort of in powerful positions, but they all have a check, they, they all act as a check on each other's power. Whereas with the Skeksis, each one of them invests themselves with so much power that they just fight constantly. They don't have, they don't represent like anybody else but themselves. Does okay. that make sense? So the yes. Madras, each Madras represents a whole tribe of Gelflings. So like, it's in their best interests to keep the peace. Um, but the Skeksis don't represent anybody. Um, so it just gives you sort of a sense, more of a sense of like, why the Gelfling are so important is because they are the caretakers of Thra. Um, right. they are the ones who can work the earth and, um, keep the land, you know, steward the land and keep it safe from the Skeksis. But, uh, everything begins to break down once the crystal is in the Skeksis clutches. Um, and you see, there are quite a few um, there are quite a few parallels between you know the Skeksis and Gelfling dynamic and the way that we have billionaires in this country um, in our right. society. In reality, now um, the Skeksis could be seen as the billionaires, right, who are willing to do anything mm -hmm. to anyone just to hold on to their wealth and their power. Um, and the Gelfling are like the rest of us who are just trying to organize a society, you know, with whatever tools we're given. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, in conclusion, mm -hmm. it's a very great movie with impressive artistry. Me and Maddie have not seen the show as of yet. We, this at least has convinced me that it's at work, it's worth at least starting with Great. beyond what I already knew. Maddie, do you have any closing thoughts before we properly close out? Um, I guess it's just a great work of art and there's a lot more plot depth than I thought there was. Yeah, I knew all 
basically none of what you just told us about the world. Everything that was built into it. So, do you have... Great! Well, I hope you do watch it, and I hope we can talk more about it. Yeah, if we do anything on the series, we will be sure to call you back. But, until that point, or the next episode, thank you very much for listening. You can reach us at siblingsandfandoms at gmail.com or anchor.fm slash siblingsandfandoms with dashes in between the words after the slash. You can also ask to join our Google group where all the first announcements regarding this podcast will come out. You can find the podcast on Instagram at siblingsandfandoms and on Twitter at siblingsf, capital F. And... Both me and Maddie would like to thank Maria for agreeing to come on and giving us your time. If Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, thank you very much for listening, and until next time... Bye! Bye!